This is the BroStorm Sports Podcast. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode. We go over some controversial athletes. We have Shooter Hunt from Prep Baseball Report joining us. And we give out NFL midseason awards. As always, best bets at the end. Just a little forewarning for you intern P fans out there. Don't get a lot of him until the second half of the pod. But thanks for joining us. Listen throughout. It's BroStorm Sports. With your hosts, Sasha and Scott Bushka. He's a sports talk show host named Sasha, named after Sasha Radunovich. And Scott's a wisdom-seeking, educated networking guy who works in the sports industry. Featuring intern P, the basement beer pong world champion. So put on your bro coat. It's time for a bro storm. Welcome into Bro Storm Sports. It's Monday, November 7th as we record and... That means tomorrow is election day, so we wanted to get kicked off with something a little bit different. Obviously, the reason we talk about sports here on BroStorm is because we don't want to talk about politics. There's a lot of controversy involved. Uh, it's not really that fun to talk about, but sports, of course, is not bereft. Yeah, I said bereft of, of controversy, so today we're going to have a little draft day. First ever draft day segment in BroStorm Sports history. And we're going to draft the most controversial athletes of all time in sports. What's up, fellas? How you guys doing tonight? Doing well. Doing well as well. Intern P, how was your weekend? It was great. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. I went to the K-State game. I'd never been there. It's uh, it very nice. It was, it was nice. Yeah, of course. K-State lost to Texas. But what do you say we dive into this? Scott apparently flipped a coin before the show. So I have the number one overall pick in the most controversial athletes of all time. There's a lot of good options here. Uh, I actually don't love having the number one pick because I kind of wanted to see where Scott was going to go with this. But <laughs> you, you, you won the coin toss. I'm sorry. I'll go with something a little bit more on the serious side uh, for my first pick. I think Nobody like stirs up emotions more than this guy. I'm going to say number one, a cyclist, Lance Armstrong. And I'll go with Lance Armstrong, number one, because like he did so much good with, with what he did by winning the Tour de France's and uh, raising funds for cancer. But then it turns out he was cheating the whole time. And so it's, it's a, it's a lot like guys from the steroid era, but those guys from the steroid era didn't necessarily do all the good that Lance Armstrong did. And I think that's what makes him so controversial because people can see it on both sides of the spectrum. I like that pick. Good pick. I also like it because I did not have him on my draft board. Um, oh, wow. So I um, am. Am I up? Number you know. two pick in the draft. Number two pick in the draft. Number two pick. Um, I So we're going to talk. We've got Shooter Hunt on later in the show. We're going to talk a little baseball post-World Series. One thing in going through this exercise is there are a lot of baseball players on it. And notice uh, that as well. And actually, oddly, less NBA players, less basketball players. Um, but so I am, um, and a lot of that is because of the steroid area, but I'm actually with my number one pick going with a player that was not from the steroid era. Uh, I'm going with Pete Rose. Okay. Pete Rose, I believe still the all-time hits leader in the MLB is the OG of the Baseball Writers of America not letting one of the greatest players of all time into the Hall of Fame. Um, because he um, you know, did what is, what is, I guess, somewhat commonplace in the NFL these days, or at least has been done, uh, he, as a manager and player, player manager of the Cincinnati Reds, bet on his team, um, and, which, is, which is a big no-no and something that apparently in sports people never forgive you for, so... Amazing player. No one disputes what he did on the field. Um, but by all accounts, he was uh, not a great guy. Bet on his team. Uh, still not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think no one sparks up controversy and conversation like Pete Rose. Yeah, that's not a bad pick. The interesting thing about that is, is like people who aren't huge baseball fans didn't understand how the NFL came down so hard on Calvin Ridley last year when all of that betting thing went down. But like, if you follow baseball and just kind of understand the history of sports gambling, you realize that integrity of the game is the most important thing. And gambling is the biggest uh, potential problem for that. So good pick. All right. 
number two overall. You're right. There is a lot of baseball players. Number three. Number three overall. Oh, yeah. Number two, number two pick for me. Number three overall. Good point. Number two or number three overall. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm just going to get her off the board now. I'm going to go with Tanya Harding. Ah, I really wanted Tanya. Yeah, I really I mean, wanted Tanya. She's from Portland. I feel like that's not even a fair pick. I was supposed to have her. Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan, incredible story. Whatever side of the fence you fall on. And that movie they made about it was actually pretty funny. Um, just a girl from the wrong side of the tracks that got somebody to club Nancy Kerrigan with a crowbar in the knee. I don't really have much else to say about it. In terms P, your thoughts. I know you were really passionate about Tanya being on this list. I just think it's one of the most wild, the wildest story in sports, honestly. <laughs> I mean, imagine that happening today. Like, imagine, I don't know, a backup quarterback just clubbing the starter. Like, that would, they'd be in prison probably, right? I mean. I thought maybe she reminded you of an ex-girlfriend or something. I do love women that club at knees. I will say that. That's <laughs> it's very hot, as they, as they would say. <laughs> Sasha liked that one. <laughs> I, I don't know what it means, right. club at knees. I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. That's a, that was, that's a good pick. I'm, I'm disappointed Tanya's off the board. Uh, I am, all right, number two pick for me, number four pick overall. Uh, I'm glad he fell to me. Um, I really want this guy on my team. Um, I'm going with Mike Tyson, uh, and I'm and I'm and I'm going with Mike Tyson really because because his just volume over time and his commitment to being controversial in like multiple different ways, um, from you know being accused of sexual assault when he was at the top of the boxing world to biting off Evander Holyfield's ear. Um, to various other things, Mike Tyson always sparks controversy and is and is somehow um, like parlayed it into being like a cult hero, celebrity legend, and in and in movies that everyone loves. So I, I feel like Mike Tyson is a controversial athlete turned like pretty positive, which we can't really say for the first three on the list. Yeah, and also Mike Tyson struck up a lot of debate in the big cat community by having a pet tiger in the hangover. Yeah. Good point. Another good point. I I forgot to put Mike Tyson on my board, to be honest with you. That's that's a good pick. Uh, Number five overall, number three pick for me. I'm looking at two names here, and (laughs) they are polar opposites. I'm hoping the other guy falls to me. I'll go with OJ Simpson. Uh, I mean, I don't know... Like, if there's a lot of controversy as to whether O.J. Simpson is a good guy or not. But the O.J. trial, just like so many, there was, you either wanted him to get off or you're like, he murdered that. He murdered Nicole Simpson. Like, he can't get off. And there's the glove that, the glove don't fit, you must acquit crowd. And the throw him in jail crowd. And it creates a lot of controversy. So who did kill, who did kill her? Anyone ever find out? I, I feel OJ. like Pro Storm Sports is not licensed to uh, yeah. divulge those details. <laughs> so I, you know. I will say, <laughs> we talked last week about our new intro. Uh, the inspiration for the lyrics in our intro writer, a.k.a. Sally Sings, did write a song about O.J. Simpson earlier in her oh, life. There's a, Sally has a great O.J. Simpson song I have to I, I mean I if you are of our generation um, won't we won't name ages but I can still remember sitting in front of the TV and watching the white Bronco I mean like watching the white white Bronco like zoom across the highway and a bunch of cop cars fall I mean it's it's like an iconic um, moment of the mid 19 or early yeah. to mid 1990s there's a there's a pretty good 30 for 30 on that just whole day in sports and how everything went down Okay, um, that's a good pick. I had OJ on my big board. I'm going to take him off. Um, good pick by you. Okay, number six overall. Um, 
I'm going to stay true to my value draft board, even though I'm somewhat disappointed of going back to the baseball well. Um, but I feel like this is just this this guy dropping a six is he's too much value here. I'm going with Barry Bonds. Um, you know, we lived it this year with everyone talking about Aaron Judge and whether or not his 62 home runs was the real um, home run record. Barry Bonds is a is a guy that was a Hall of Famer before he ever started roiding out. Incredible player. Like if you watched in that generation, like the the amount of times he got walked, just the sheer fear that he put in people when he came up to the plate. Like guy was an amazing baseball player, amazing hitter, took a few too many roids, his head got massive. Um, still not in the Hall of Fame. And people still talking about whether or not his record should stand. So I'm going with Barry Bonds. Yeah. Timely selection as well. Him and Roger Clemens, it was announced today, will be on the Contemporary Era Hall of Fame ballot. Whatever that means. It was a news story that came out today. We don't have to get into details about it. Um, Okay. Number seven overall, my number four pick. I'm going to change the tenor a little bit. Most of the people we've picked so far did something wrong or um, are kind of in some ways considered bad guys, although they're controversial, so not everyone feels that way. I'm going to say Tim Tebow. Uh, I love that pick. Tim Tebow. Like, by all accounts, the guy's never done anything wrong in his life, and I think that's what makes him controversial. Like, everybody pretty much feels like nobody can be that perfect you're Tebowing, you're, you're saying prayers on the field. People just don't want to like him, even though there's nothing not to like about him. I got to be honest. I'm so jealous of that pick. Um, there's a, the reason I didn't, I had a Tim Tebow and Russell Wilson listed together and I didn't want to pick it because there's, there is something about, um, I didn't want to talk about religion on the show. Let's just say that. Um, and there, there's there's something about those guys that they've never done anything wrong, but makes people it makes them controversial for whatever reason. They're just kind of cringy. Yeah. Is the best way to describe yeah. it. Who you got for number four on your list, Scott? Uh, I'm a I kind of feel like you're kicking my ass. Only because I feel like you got a little bit more diversity in your in your picks. Uh I'm gonna go I'm gonna go contemporary. Um and I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, he's still sitting out for the Cleveland Browns. He's controversial on a number of levels because we still, it's still kind of like unclear what exactly that he did. Um, it's clear that he's a creep. It's clear that he's not a great guy. I think we're up to 25 women who have accused him of some, some type of sexual assault at this point. But what is, what is extra controversial about him, I feel like, is how little NFL teams actually care that he did anything wrong um, to the, to the tune of, you know, what was it? A $240 million guaranteed contract in the Cleveland Browns structuring it very favorable for him. I mean, they were just talking about a Monday football, Monday night football tonight, how um, Lamar Jackson hasn't been paid because he wants that guaranteed money that Deshaun Watson got. And he's been on the field for three years. So um, yeah, controversial on a number of levels. Absolutely. Don't feel bad about getting your ass kicked in this draft. I do uh, I do drafts regularly on my radio show, so I know how to diversify my assets. You specialize in controversy. Number five on my list, number nine pick overall. You know what? I've managed to go no baseball players to this point, even though you're right, there is a lot of baseball players. So I'm just going to stick with that. Because I haven't done a basketball player either. So I'll go with uh, kind of the the wild child of the NBA still to this day, Dennis Rodman. He's, I mean, he, he dressed up and did the marriage thing in the bride's outfit. People, like, keep in mind, this was in the 90s. That was an interesting thing to people at that time. Um and then he's got all the hairdos. Uh, he was kind of, he was on the bad boy Pistons, which in and of itself makes him controversial. Um, and then we all saw the, the documentaries of the bulls, uh, the last dance documentary where he just like left the team for days at a time. And Jordan was like, no big deal. Like we, we need him when he comes back to get rebounds. So 
I think Dennis Rodman just kind of reeks of controversy. Yeah, it's a good pick. I like it. Um, all right, I'll finish this off here. I'm going to go with another contemporary. I'm going to go with a, in a little bit of a different direction. Um, this guy was lower on my board, but it seems timely. Uh, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and it's, and it's, a, it's an upset pick because before last year, I don't think anyone would have went with this. Um, but he obviously made a lot of waves with, uh, you know, his, um, I, I, like, you can maybe help me out on, I forget exactly what he said, but not taking the vaccine, then trying to hide it, then throwing a fit on Pat McAfee's show about why everyone was upset that he lied about taking the vaccine. Um, but my bigger issue with Aaron Rodgers is just how he behaves on the field, even on Sunday. Like he, I don't know if you watched the game on Sunday. He was terrible. He threw two picks in the end zone. One, like both of them directly to the defense. And all he could do was pout and throw a fit on the sideline and yell at his teammates. Um, so I'm, I mostly just don't love him as a player right now. Uh, and I think he went from being like a beloved figure to, um, you know, controversial to, to most people who are watching the NFL. All right. So I've got Lance Armstrong, Tanya Harding, OJ Simpson, Tim Tebow, Dennis Rodman. Scott has Pete Rose, Mike Tyson, Barry Bonds, Deshaun Watson, and Aaron Rodgers. That's our most controversial Players in sports in honor of election day coming up tomorrow. We know there'll be plenty of controversy there and hopefully uh, we have a clean election and uh, get some winners tomorrow. But uh, on the other side of the break, we've got baseball aficionado shooter hunt, former first round pick. Stay with us. Having an event that needs amazing entertainment. High five productions is the way to go. They bring their mobile p- dueling pianos and provide a highly interactive and fun show that's perfect for fundraisers, corporate events, or any kind of party. Is somebody getting married soon? Hi-Fi also provides the best wedding DJ service around, winning Wedding Wire's Couples Choice Award four years in a row. They know how to pack a dance floor. Based in Wichita, Kansas, visit HiFiProductions.net to book your unforgettable event. Welcome back into Bro Storm Sports. We are now joined by Shooter Hunt, VP of Scouting for Prep Baseball Report, former first-round draft pick to the Minnesota Twins in 2008, and two-lane baseball star. Shooter, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Two lanes ranked football. They got a huge game this week. I'm riding high. That what is an awesome name. Shooter, Shooter Hunt. It is, is, a, that a real, is that real or is that like a baseball stage name? That is, I mean, if you have time for a quick story, I mean, I'm sure you guys, I mean, you're from Kansas, you're basketball guys through and through. Hoosiers, the movie comes out right before I'm born. My dad sees it. There's a character in it named Shooter. And he's like, that's an amazing nickname. If I have a son, I'm calling him that. Now, my mom would not let him put that onto the birth certificate, but since I was born, that's what it's been. It is a great nickname. I would say Shooter was not the most desirable character in Hoosiers, uh, but <laughs> well, nonetheless, as a uh, I didn't know that until like later on. They're like, "Isn't that the drunk?" And I was like, "Yeah, I guess so." <laughs> You've got to look past yeah. that. He's a very knowledgeable You're character. Speaking into existence, <laughs> he he is quite a basketball aficionado. He's very knowledgeable on the sidelines. Didn't like coming in as the head coach. Speaking of which, uh, obviously, very knowledgeable baseball expert we have on the show. We've gotten to a little baseball here and there on Bro Storm, but it's been mostly a football show with a little bit of NBA. So, obviously, uh, it's timely. World Series just ended. Playoffs. What did you think of the playoffs this year, Shooter? I love them. I mean, I'm, I'm a Yankee fan growing up, um, so it kind of sucked watching them lose to the Astros. And I feel like... Although I feel like the Astros have stolen the evil empire from New York for, for some did, They did you guys a huge favor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and what's crazy is going into the World Series, like seeing the Phillies win and like Philly with New York, it's like, oh, nothing worse than watching Philly play. But it was also, I hate the Astros so much. Like head to head, I guess I got to go with the Phillies. So I, I was definitely rooting for the Phillies and especially Bryce Harper throughout. I thought this was his moment. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I want to get into the Astros a little bit and, and some of your thoughts on that, but 
this was also the first year of a new format and the Phillies wouldn't have been in the playoffs under the old format. We had the three game wild card series. What were your general thoughts on the new format? Do you think it was good for baseball created a little bit more of excitement at the beginning of the playoffs and, uh, and then general thoughts on the layoff for the teams that get buys as well. I was into it. Any more uh, baseball is good for me. And it was quick, like three days in a row. They put enough pressure on them um, to where like the Yankees only saw um, Bieber. I want to say they only saw him once. So like there was an advantage to uh, those guys playing those three games. Um, as a fan, are you kidding me? Like just keep loading us up with games. Like does it get better than that? Um and then the, the layoff wise, I had some guys who were talking about like they should like call up all your AAA guys, make them go live throughout it. And I like I looked at them having played and it was like they just went through 162 games. Like one chill, like they're gonna be tired. Like they'll be okay. They'll prepare themselves. Two, like that like high prospect AAA guy. Like all he has to do is drill Aaron Judge with a pitch and like take him out for the series. And like that guy's done. So yeah, those are like the two sides of it for me. Do you, yeah. do you think it? Do you think it hurt the, like the Dodgers at all? I mean, I guess the Yankees and Astros made it through, but do you think the layoff hurt the Dodgers at all? Um, I'm sure like the the, uh, uh, the rest versus rust is like constantly being thrown thrown out there, but I think it more so has to do with like the energy being brought in from those three games, right? They're riding high. If you can knock it too high off those three games for the Padres. Um, and in that series, I'm sure the Dodgers, you don't want to play the Padres anyway. That's a within your own uh, division. Like there's tons of animosity there, LA and San Diego, like that's a hostile environment. So I think it had more to do with like, Hey, we don't want to play them more than anything. Yeah. So we touched on it a little bit, but obviously, uh, storyline of the whole playoffs, Astros make the world series, end up winning it. Uh, and they had the whole sign stealing scandal back in 2017. So I, I guess I want to take this from like a different perspective with you being a baseball guy, longtime player still in the game. Do, as a baseball guy, do you just know when it's cheating? Like when is sign stealing cheating and when is it not? Or is that just something, you know, as a baseball guy, I, I think, you know, and I wish I had um, what he said in front of him, but Sean Doolittle, he played for a while um, pitcher, but he had a great way of like, I think he tweeted out like a full on deal. He does a great job of speaking about all sorts of topics. Um, but like that technological stuff that once you bring that into it, like, Hey dude, this is not what it's about. And you even saw it in the series where Bryce Harper picked up the tell with McCullers. Like he was holding this glove high. Like that is part of the game. Like stealing science is part of the game. Um, sure. I'm still trying to figure out how I like, like the button pushing for the signs for the pitchers. I'm still trying to, yeah, and that's a new thing. Speak speak on that a little bit. Uh, what, like teams are sending in signs via electronic uh, mediums for the pitcher. It, it's it's nuts. Like, and I like if you watch the catcher, like they're honestly like looking at the pitcher, like typing on their keyboard or whatever they have back there, and there, there's a little headset which has multiple languages, which is really cool. So like, Otani's thrown to an American catcher like it's a different language to him what's going out there like and that's a cool aspect of it um but like sign stealing is definitely part of the game as is the relaying of those signs and i I think i I mean without like going out too far on a limb with a hot take like what controlled that in the past was like if you do this i am going to hit you right and like i don't think that happens quite as much like oh they're stealing signs like Oh, I'm going to cry to the media, whatever you're going to do and cry. Like the alternative in like the fifties and sixties world was like, I'm going to hit you in the ankle and you're going to be hurt for six weeks. Like that's, that's the ultimate. Yeah. That's why nobody did it. So yeah, th- that's interesting. Cause uh, like a lot of people are turned off by the baseball kind of unwritten rule book, the policing of the game that way. But in some ways it's, it's a necessary evil. That's part of the game. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's part of every game too. Like I'm sure there's little things in football, like, Hey, we're not going to hit you below here on the sideline basketball. Like you get ahead by this much. You're not pressing. Um, th- there's stuff in baseball. It's still there. Um, but at some point I wonder if anybody's going to be like, yo, let's see if we can get the, tr- uh, try to pick this sign off of the catcher. Like what he's hitting. Like I've already thought about like, what, who would I be looking at on the field? Cause some of the fielders had it. 
So now I'm not going to look at the catcher. I'm going to look at the third baseman. Like, is he shifting? Is the shortstop shifting? What's the center fielder doing? What pitch is going to come? Like, I'm sh- there's a, so many scouts and like the um, the sabermetrics and and all the technological stuff that advancements of baseball are just going to make that even more so. Like, I'm shocked that there's not more of that at this point. So we're talking a little bit about technology in baseball, but then also you mentioned sabermetrics and kind of the analytics that have permeated the game. Has it gone too far? And, and just to kind of parlay that into what our next conversation was going to be is, is that one of the reasons that baseball has started to wane in popularity compared to the NBA and the NFL and those, those sports? I, I don't know. I think you just bring in different people. Things are cyclical. Um, yeah. And to even those sports, like the NBA's had issues. And I don't, I don't find that. I have friends that say the same thing. Like the baseball is, is random. Like I travel the country. I don't think it is. And ar- around the world, there's pockets that are just, it's just as much alive. Um, I think more than anything, and you guys are well versed in this. There's just more to do. Like there's more that baseball is going up against. There's more the NBA is going up against. There's no shortage of the NBA on Instagram and TikTok for a reason. And YouTube. Um, I, w- I was talking with somebody recently um about actually a high school player with the nil deals and that's kind of going on a tangent but like this kid's a huge deal in high school and he's more important than some of the professional hitters uh or professional players and i was like and then my buddy was like there's no way that's true i said go ask any kid on your college baseball team if he watches a baseball game they don't just sit down and turn on tbs and watch the braves they don't you know they're not sitting down to watch the royals for tonight's game they consume it on YouTube or they consume it on TikTok or Instagram and quick, quick bursts. So I think you have to adjust to that. I think baseball is doing that and they're hoping to with this new shift rule, um, just trying to get more action on the field. Yeah. I, I, um, I do think it's a fact of life that people's attention spans, especially the younger generation are shorter and they, and they consume media in different ways, which to your point is like not, not sitting down to watch a three-hour baseball game that moves pretty slow. So, but so at the same time that people's attention spans are getting shorter, baseball on like the product on the field is getting less interesting. And I know that that is maybe not a fact, but when you start to look at like balls put in play, right? Mm-hmm. When you start to look at like runners moving and how many times people attempt to steal, sacrifice bunts, like all that stuff, and then like number number of strikeouts. It is it is a fact of the game, and and you know everyone on here played it. You all three played in college. It is a fact of the game that we. It, it does feel like we have kind of saber metric out a lot of the like risk taking and interest. And I and as a fan of baseball, I worry that like so if you if you juxtapose that with football, football seems like yeah people are trying to do stats on it, but. But you've got the like Mahomes and the Josh Allens and the Lamar Jacksons of the world that are like somewhat impervious to stats, right? And they're doing things all the time where the defense drew up the perfect play, but like Mahomes got away from a blitz and threw a sidearm throw thirty yards down the field. So it just it just feels like all the stats are taking an element of um, like uncertainty out of out of baseball that's hurting it a little bit. Yeah, it, the 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 one thing I will say like the like it's long like baseball can get going. I love it. Cause like I have that short extension span. Like when we do stuff internally with, with the group that I work with, I'm like, Hey, 10 to 12 seconds. Like I can't watch this. This is too long. I'm like the guy that needs it shortened, but baseball I think is so great. And I, I wish they dive into is like, you can look at your phone the whole game because like, at least for me, like I have a, a cadence, like, right. There's going to be 12 to 15 seconds of pitch going to come. I'm going to scroll Instagram, look up, see the pitch. Okay. Right back. Whereas basketball, like stuff happens the whole time, but I mean, NBA doesn't matter until the last four minutes anyway. It's a joke, but, um, and football is I'll like, take number two from shooter. Yeah. NBA is a joke. Uh, I'm a college guy all day, but, um, but football has like, they almost dove into that early. Like they dominate that 42nd clock, right? Like the one play is getting run every minute, but it feels like everything is going on. I just was just watching the Saints game, like kind of a boring game. The Saints are awful, but like, oh man, they this the dome looks cool. Like all this stuff is going on. 
oh yeah, and then there's Andy Dalton throwing this ball away for like the fourth time. Like, dude, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a reason that you can watch like multiple NFL games at once because there really isn't a lot of action, but they make it seem like there is. Um, mm-hmm. I want to since you're in scouting, I want to kind of take this from a different angle. Uh, the there's two ways to look at popularity. There, the NFL is undoubtedly the most popular sport in America right now in terms of people watching it, eyeballs on it, people caring about it. But then at the same time, you have a whole generation of mothers and fathers that are afraid to let their children play football. And so from a long-term perspective, since you're in scouting, I think football playing for kids is declining. Are you seeing that in baseball or is there actually more kids going to baseball these days? That's, that's something I think you'd have a pretty good pulse on. We've seen more um, yeah. going out about at, at the youth levels. Now, I don't think uh, collegiately they've done a great job. Andrew McCutcheon, you guys can look this up too. I want to say he wrote it for, I don't think it was The Athletic. It might have been the, the Jeter thing that he did for a while, the Players' Tribune. But he wrote about like baseball versus football for a kid at a young age, especially from uh, a lower income group. Where it's it's a financial, whereas baseball in college at Division One is eleven point seven scholarships. Football is a fully funded sport; it's a headcount sport. There's eighty five scholarships. At some point, as a kid, you need to make a choice, and at least as a family, like, hey, it makes more sense for me to get a scholarship in football. Like, it's easier yeah. to do this. Um, so I, I wish for me, like, I, I wish MLB would do more with college. The college kid has become better. Younger kids are getting better because of all the youth baseball. Like invest in that at the lower levels. Put the coaching in that. Put put the guidance in that. Yeah. To me, the rough part about the eleven point seven scholarships in baseball is even if you have a kid who focuses on baseball their whole life, then they get to college and they might not be from a family that that is paying their way through college. And they're like, "How do I do this full time job of baseball?" and pay for three quarters of my school because I only got a quarter scholarship to this school. And it creates a lot of weird decisions for kids that like a football player doesn't have to make that decision. Mm -hmm. It's a way out. Like football, you're talking about 85 scholarships at most schools. And think about all the schools you, I mean, not just the the D1 schools that we talk, SEC, Big 12, ACC, but now go to D1 AA. Uh, Talk about the Colonial League, all these all these great academic schools that also have football, that's an easy or not an easy way, but that's an awesome way to get into a school to get a degree that you would not be able to get into that school without athletics. So I, I think that ties into the, the baseball aspect of like, okay, why are so many kids playing football? Like, dude, it's a way out. Like, I don't blame you. You're going to have to pay $50,000 to play baseball. Like some kids are, you will have to pay the, pay the school to play baseball, they'll pay you to play football. So for sure. Yeah. And, uh, NIL throws a whole nother aspect into that. We've taken up a lot of your time shooter. So I gotta, I'll get you out of here on this. Uh, you mentioned it briefly, but baseball has got a bunch of rule changes coming into effect next year to hopefully, um, kind of combat some of the issues that we've talked about. Uh, your thoughts on the rule changes, pitch clock, uh, only two throwovers, uh, per batter, all of that stuff. Um, I couldn't throw over to first base. I was terrible at it. So like, I'm fine with that. Like that would never come into play for me. Um, I don't mind the pitch clock. And I think from what you've heard, especially during the playoffs, guys who were sent down on rehab assignments, they were like, it's awesome. It works. You get used to it in a hurry. Most of the kids are coming out of college are used to it already. That will hopefully speed up the game, but not too much because I still need to scroll my Instagram during that game. Um, and then the shift stuff, I, I'm actually just, let's see what happens. Like the, the, like getting back to the metrics, like it's become so much like this guy hits the ball here. Um, you could throw this pitch. He's going to hit it here, but he's out all the time. And I think we're so used to like, this is how a baseball field set up. And I see it at the youth level. Like it's one thing like the Astros are doing it and they have like multi-million dollar department invested in figuring out where to put you. But when you go to like, a high school game of like a small school and they're trying to do stuff like that. It's like, dude, like, yeah, come on. But also can we not teach kids to hit it the other way? Like that, like the shift also requires pitchers to have precision thrown on the inside of the plate. Right. And so that's the other thing, even in the big leagues, like those guys miss, like someone spray it the other way. 
it's well i mean you could see it like I, i'm a huge yankees guy the whole time it's like just put the ball in play guys and like see what happens um yeah. and it, it, i think a lot comes down to like the contract what are they paying for when you go to arbitration like what is going to be valued and devalued about you so so it has to be a change coming from the top yeah and i i agree with shooter to me the shift thing it's an optics thing. Like if I'm watching a baseball game and I see somebody hit a ball, I want to know whether that's probably a hit or not. And how many times do you see somebody hit a ball and you're like, Oh, that's, that's a knock. And then there's a guy standing in short, right field, fielding it and throwing it to first or a guy standing right behind second base, fielding it and throwing it to first. And it's, it's just kind of annoying. And it's to his point, it's the way it's incentivized. Like, the only guys who are moving up through the minor leagues and moving to the major leagues are guys who are launch angling, swinging for the fences. Um, and so nobody's practicing hitting it the other way. It's like asking a guy, the Braves laid down one sacrifice bunt the entire year and they did it on like the 162nd game. So you're not going to go into a playoff game and ask them to bunt. You're not going to all of a sudden ask these guys to slap the ball the other way is, is kind of the way I look at it. And having seen both of you guys play wiffle ball, I would never ask either of you to bunt. So you can't put a shift on me. Shooter. Don't talk shit. Don't talk I guarantee shit. you can't no, put a shift on me. Like, I would be spraying it around and trying to bunt like you two. Yeah. Yeah. Shooter we played for that like we were overmatched in the wiffle ball game. No, 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 no. You guys were putting balls <laughs> over pine trees and I, I was the pro- ex professional out there. Like, Oh man, I look like an idiot right now. Yeah. Shooter like, was, uh, was playing coy, batting from the left side, even though he's a right-handed hitter. I was up there swinging from my strong side, no questions asked. But no. uh, shooter, we appreciate you taking the time with us. Anything you want to add before we let you go? No, this was awesome. Thanks for having me on. The only thing I'll add is roll wave. Let's go two lane. Let's get a dub Saturday. Awesome. That was uh, Shooter Hunt, VP of Scouting for Prep Baseball Report, 2008 first round pick, dropping us some baseball knowledge here on Bro Storm Sports. On the other side of the break, we'll talk about some other stuff. Welcome back into Bro Storm Sports, where we sometimes banter with intern P, but we've made it about 35 minutes into this show and haven't gotten a, a lot of updates from intern P yet. So, intern P, are you excited about what we're going into next? I'm very excited. I'm excited to hear you guys' takes. I'm ready for you guys to listen to my takes as well. Okay, so what we're going to do now is uh, we're coming out of week nine of the NFL season, and we want to give some NFL awards, midseason awards. We've we've got a few clever ones that we made up, funny ones, and then just some of your traditional awards. Uh, But I want to start, and I'm going to go to Scott on this one, with the Burn It All Down Freddie Kitchens Award. Is that how it's supposed to be said? The Freddie Kitchens Burn It All Down Award, or I might have said that out of order. I don't know. Inter- uh, I like the name of that award. Intern P, did you write that? I didn't. I don't even know who Freddie Kitchens is. Well, nice. Funny, fun, funny. Freddie Kitchens is an ex ex Cleveland Browns coach. Uh, Oddly enough, he's also the name of Alfonso Castillo, friend of the programs. He's the name of Fonzie's dog. Fonzie named his dog Freddie Kitchens in the in the height of the Baker Mayfield Freddie Kitchens hysteria. <laughs> I gotta um, say, real, real quick before you give your answer to this, Scott. Freddie Kitchens was the head coach of the Browns like three years ago, Pearson. It's not like we brought up a guy from nineteen ninety six. Well, good thing I wasn't even born then, so that's okay. Um, but he didn't do a very good job if I don't even know who he is. So um, what about it? I guess that's why it's the burn it all down award. <laughs> yeah, we need to burn it all down. <laughs> Another week of intern B really doing his research for the show. Oh, I, 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 P, I meant to thank you for coming to the uh, production content meeting on Friday. Out of tea time, dude. I was I was out there <laughs> golfing, man. Scott's laughing about tea the tea time because I told him on Friday that that was his excuse. Also, it was 41 degrees and raining in Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good work from intern P. 
So the the I love this award, the Freddie Kitchens Burn It All Down Midseason Award. I had three candidates for this award. I had the Raiders, Cardinals, or Packers. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've listened to this show enough, it will not surprise you that I'm going with the Cardinals and the fighting Cliff Kingsbury's. Um, the reason I'm going with them is because they, in the offseason, very oddly after the Cardinals looked terrible and a loss in the playoffs to the Rams, decided to sign their quarterback, their coach, and their GM all to long-term deals. Um, and I feel like it very clearly is not working, and it very clearly is not going to work into the future. Um, it, there's a meltdown on the sideline between Kyler and Cliff almost every game. There was one this past Sunday as well. And I just I feel like they would be way better if they just burn it all down and, and start it over. Um, similar to what they did after they drafted Josh Rosen and they figured out this wasn't working. So I'm going with the Air, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, maybe next year we can call this the Cliff Kingsbury Award. Yeah, it's not a bad thought. Um, it's interesting. The team I had written down, and I guess maybe I took it a little bit different than you. I was kind of taking it as the team that's already burning it all down. So I put down the Carolina Panthers. It's like they've already sw- they've already gone to their fourth quarterback. They've already fired their head coach. They've already traded all their best players. But I like where you're going with it, too. Yeah, I feel like the Panthers and the Colts are kind of the, like, we're already burning it down. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. So, okay. Let's, uh, let's get into number two. Um, number two is related to fantasy. We haven't talked a lot about fantasy football on the show. Sasha, give us your um, Odell Beckham Jr. Most Disappointing Fantasy Player of Award for 2022 so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this one's pretty obvious. Uh, if you're in the fantasy community, uh, there might be, and I'm going to get peace thoughts on this on some, some maybe other candidates uh, because he, he plays fantasy not very well. Uh, as evidenced by our family league, but it, guys, if you had the yeah, number one pick in your draft good. in your fantasy draft this year, you were probably really excited. You were like, I've got it. I'm getting Jonathan Taylor. I'm the guy he's going to tear it up for me. And then he went out week one and by my league scoring, he scored 27.5 points in week one. So you're thinking you guys are probably thinking, where's the disappointment coming in? Uh, week one, 27.5 points. That's pretty good. He now, after week nine, has 67.3 points on the year. After scoring 27.5 week one, uh, puts him uh, number 34 among running backs. And this is your number one pick. That's also probably behind almost every quarterback in the league, behind a lot of wide receivers. Puts him just behind Devin Singletary and just ahead of, obviously, the great one. Tyler Algier, which <laughs> if you don't know, is Cordero <laughs> Patterson's backup for the Falcons. Like actually like one of Cordero Patterson's three backups for the Falcons. Yeah. Yeah. There's it's anyone a, it, else. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say it was interesting that the Colts came out and um, announced that Jeff Saturday was going to, was going to be interim head coach of that team. And a lot of people think it's because, like, it's baffling that their offensive line was so good last year and so bad this year. Yeah, it, it is uh, pretty interesting. Um, and the Jeff Saturday thing in and of itself is interesting because he, like, just came off the ESPN analyst line and now he's a head coach of an NFL team. Uh, just real quick, intern P, you got any other fantasy um, players that are disappointing people this year? I did, and it's another first on running back by the name of Najee Harris. Second-year running back out of Alabama. In my league, he went seventh overall in a 12-man league. You You can't hate anybody for taking that pick. I mean, he was the greatest rookie last year, and for some reason, I just it must be the Steelers just being piss poor as a football team. Sorry, all of my Steeler fans. I don't want to get any hate. But... He is his max score this year was thirteen point nine, which is abysmal for a seventh pick overall. Um, maybe he'll bounce back. I don't see it in the near future, but he's almost borderline droppable at this point. Um, you don't really want to, but if you're in a pretty heavy league, you could do that. Yeah, and I, I appreciate I, you I, apologizing to the Pittsburghians. Big listenership in Pittsburgh, so got to go easy on the Steelers fans. 
Yeah. I can appreciate his shittiness. He's I drafted him in the first round. Um I attribute most of his terrible season to the small hands of Kenny Pickett. That's I mean, there could be a correlation. Like Ben Roethlisberger didn't have small hands and he played really well last year. So, I mean, cause and effect. I can see where you're going with that. Yeah. Speaking of small hands, our next award is the Johnny Manziel Player Least Likely to Be Invited Back Award. Scott, you got any thoughts on this one? Johnny Manziel, whatever happened to him? Is he still playing in like the Who's XFL that? or Who's something? That? Oh, Pearson doesn't know Johnny football. I don't. Can you give me some some background intern, on this? Intern P's speaking rights need to be revoked. We need to go back to the first thirty five minutes of the show. Um, try to tell. All you. right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good point. All right. I um. Yeah, I like this award. It's a. I think it's equal parts um, on and off the field. My three candidates are Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan. Um, Matt Ryan already hasn't been invited back, so I think it take he it takes him out of it. Aaron Rodgers I already shit on in the the first um, segment, and so I'm going to go with Russell Wilson here. Uh, he has not only been terrible on the field, um, his old team is clearly better than him. I have it's actually like I feel like we could dedicate a whole segment to how much his ex teammates actually dislike him. Um, which is pretty incredible. Um, and he, his, his antics of like jumping jacks on the plane, the dangerous Taco Bell commercial, or sorry, not Taco Bell. It, w- it would be way better if they were Taco Bell commercials, um, subway commercials, right? Yeah, I think so. There's just nothing likable about Russell Wilson. Um, and I feel like if I was any of the other 52 players on the Broncos team, particularly those on the defense. Uh, I would not invite Russell Wilson or Nat can't hack at PI uh, back to training camp in the summer. Yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with that pick, although he's also making $250 million over the next five years. So it's probably unlikely that he's not invited back to the team. The, the three guys I wrote down and, and trade up, trade them the Cardinals. Yeah, do a swap. Maybe a change of scenery would be good for Kyler and Russell. It's a great idea. Um, I wrote down Matt Ryan as well. Uh, and then I wrote down Baker Mayfield and Carson Wentz. <laughs> I feel yeah. like Carson Wentz is just like a by default. Like he goes to a team, he's not going to be invited back the next year. You just automatically throw him on the list. I don't know that he's really done anything like worse than like his level of play has met the expectations that you can have of Carson Wentz now, but I, but Taylor Heineke is obviously better. Uh, but I'd go with Baker Mayfield on this one. Like there's no way the, the Panthers are moving forward with Baker Mayfield. And so, uh, that would be my pick. Uh, dude, do you feel like it's, has anyone had a, a faster and more precipitous fall from grace than Carson Wentz? Like, I feel like we don't talk enough about the fact that he was like MVP candidate, golden child, like going to take his team to Super Bowl. And then somehow he just like is the shittiest quarterback on whatever team he goes to. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So the real question is that was 2018. The Eagles won the, the Super Bowl, right? With, with, uh, think, Wentz think, and then, yeah. uh, Nick Foles. The real question is how good was that Eagles roster? Like, not only did they win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, but Carson Wentz has never done anything good since that season when he was supposed to win the MVP with them. It had to be the best roster we've seen in a while in football. For sure. For sure. I will say, uh, well, they, and they still have some of those players today, by the way. And there you um, go. Yeah. I will say that the Colts were better with Carson Wentz than they were with Matt Ryan or Sam Ellinger. So there's that. It's a low bar we live in in Carson Wentz world these days, but I have it on good authority that he has decent-sized hands, so he's got that going for him. Yeah. All right, we're going to do 
something we don't generally do here on our fourth award. First of all, we're going back into serious. This award's not named after anyone. It's just a normal award that the NFL gives out every year. And we're going to do our mid-season version. And we're actually going to go to intern P first on this one. Don't make me regret this, P. MVP. I won't. Well, maybe. We'll see. MVP of the NFL. I'm so nervous for the brand health of Bro Storm Sports right here. That's fair. Um, I think that my... I mean, obviously, you guys are all Chiefs fans, so you want me to say Mahomes, but I'm not going to today. I'm going to say Jalen Hurts. 68% completion percentage from the field this year. 12 TDs on only two interceptions. Granted, he does have a pretty poor schedule. He's played some mediocre teams, but we're not going to do that to him. He also has 326 yards rushing with another six touchdowns, so that's 18 touchdowns to two interceptions for an eight-no Eagles team, which... If he's not in your MVP conversation, then I don't know if you know ball. Yeah. Uh, my uh, second guy is uh, also Josh Allen. I think he's always there. So um, I think he's a great candidate. We'll see. I know you guys hate the Bills. Um, so we'll see. Dude, who knew intern Pena had to use Google? Oh, I'm so a Google expert, off stats. Who? You give intern P the mic and he gives us two candidates. We only wanted one, P. <laughs> Oh, I'll give you five, dude. I was honestly, I think Tyreek could win too. I think, I think Tyreek could win. I'm telling you right now. I'm no, telling you right now. No, 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 no. I think Tyreek could win. See, you should have quit while you're ahead. Uh, I uh, just quick thoughts. Um, it's basically if you look at the odds for MVP, which Google can tell you those two, it's uh, basically become like Jaylen a three man race between Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts at this point. Not to say that anybody else couldn't jump in there. Like if Lamar plays good the rest of the year, any quarterback, if they start leading their team to wins, can jump into the conversation. But through the halfway point, it's one of those three guys. I really can't argue with the Jalen Hurts pick being that the Eagles are eight and zero right now. Like if the season ended today, I think Jalen Hurts is the MVP. That's a different. So I would say for the midseason MVP, that's who you give it to. That's a little bit different question than who do you think is going to actually win the MVP when the season's over? I agree. You should have stopped at one because I I agree with you on Jalen Hurts. I do not think that Josh Allen is ahead of Patrick Mahomes right now. He's Allen's got 15 turnovers, um, it, fumbling and throwing interceptions. Cost him a win the other night. So, yeah. And, and all I ever hear is how much better the Bills roster is than the Chiefs. So if that's the case and they have the exact same record as each other, what's the X factor there? But exactly. I digress. All right. Last, uh, last award here. And we're going to get out into the everyone's favorite segment, best bets um, coach of the year. And I think this is a really interesting one this year, Sasha. We're going back to the heavy hitter here. Um, the star of the show, the host of the show, Sasha, give us your coach of the year so far. Yeah, I got a couple of names written down, and there's there's probably more out there that you could think of, but the coach of the year is like a default, like coach of the team who's exceeding expectations award, and that's that's how that award's always handed out. Um, and, and there's two teams that come to mind for me, and, and maybe, well, actually, both teams in New York probably come to mind, but the two names I have written down is Robert Sala, who I think is a close second here. He just he just beat the Bills. Like Zach Wilson, I think is still a dumpster fire, but sometimes somehow he's coaching around that. And then the team that everybody thought was going to be the worst team in the NFL, and literally has a quarterback that was the only quarterback put in the Athletics tier five out of all starting quarterbacks going into the season is the Seattle Seahawks with Geno Smith as their quarterback. So I'll give it to Pete Carroll. Um, he's caught a lot of. He's caught a lot of crap over the last several years. Everybody's saying Russell Wilson's the only reason they're a semblance of a team and Pete Carroll's holding Russell Wilson back. Well, not so fast. Maybe Russell Wilson was holding Pete Carroll back a little bit. Mike Vrabel, Mike McDaniel, Kevin O'Connell, Nick Sirianni, Mike McCarthy, Brian Dable. I think all could be names. I mean, there. I actually think there's a ton of guys yeah. who are deserving of this award this year. So I had Pete Carroll too, just because of, all the reasons you mentioned, but yeah. that's going to be, that's going to be a race till the finish. I think on that one, that was our NFL awards mid season point after week nine. Uh, 
every team's played either eight or nine games, so we're exactly halfway through the season. On the other side of the break, we're going to get into the fan favorites, best bets. Stay with us. Welcome back into Bro Storm Sports. We've had a jam-packed show for you guys. Got to some awards, some controversy, and uh, some baseball talk with Shooter. We appreciate him again. But we're going to get to the fan favorite, everybody's favorite, here at the end of the show. Best bets. And as always, Scott's going to let us know how last week went. Yeah, we um, were far more mediocre this week than than we have been the last couple of weeks. Reminder for the listening public, we were um, 10 and 3 over the previous two weeks. Uh, this week, we were... Um, Two, one, and two. Uh, we had actually two pushes, which is which is new for. Um, don't shake your head at me, Sasha. No, no, in, no, no. In Vegas, pushing is a thing. I was shaking your head at like your your lack of respect for going two, one, and two. That's still above five hundred. Although I'm yeah. also shaking my head at how that adds up to six. So. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we were three, one, and two. Oh, that's <laughs> even better. That's even better. <laughs> uh, we thought he was the nerd of the group, math magician I, over I there. I feel like I feel like hanging out with intern P is rubbing off on me. Uh, I I got to get my shit together here. So it, it, Kirsten, it, how much money? How much money did you lose um, betting this weekend and or betting on college basketball tonight? Uh, no comment. Yeah, well, she'll probably listen. So, uh, I, it was okay. It, it, that's all I have to fair. say. It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a fair answer. I, yeah. I don't know why you're putting me on the spot there, dude. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> all right. Well, right. you are twenty one, so you can legally bet. We've we've covered this. Yeah. Intern P doesn't want to get in trouble with his uh, mom. Reminder for the listeners, also Sasha's wife. Um. All right. So Sasha, you uh. You came down a little bit off of your high. You were one and one this week. You picked the Bills to cover 11 and a half over the Jets. They lost outright. So not a great pick there. It's fair. It's fine. Uh, many people made that mistake. You then picked the Seahawks to cover two against the Cardinals and the Seahawks won outright, outright pretty handily. So one and one, that brings you to nine and three on the year. Still pretty impressive. Um, in turn P, uh, you were one and a push. Uh, you had the Titans covering 12 and a half against the Chiefs. Um, and they came very close to winning that game. Chiefs won it in overtime. So you got to win there. And then you had the Vikings um, and Kirk Cousins, which I don't know if you guys saw Kirk Cousins on the plane. Um, ripped. He was so ripped. On the way back. But he's he's ripped. He has a crush on him. Uh, and he, he plenty of you like that's on the way home. But the Vikings... He had the Vikings to cover three against the Commanders. Uh, they won by exactly three, so you push and you get your money back from Vegas. Um, that makes you six, five, and one on the year. So you're back in the you're back with a winning record. So congrats to Intern P. Um, and then finally, I was also one win and one push. I had New England to cover six against the Colts. Um, they won handily. I think it was like twenty nine to three. Um, and then I had the Falcons to cover three against the Chargers. If anyone watched that game, um, the Falcons had numerous chances to win it, but in the end they lost by three. So that was a push that moves me to five, six and one on the year. I am pissed off that I'm under 500 and I'm in last place still, but this is the week that I go two and zero and go above 500. Yeah. So, so a couple of notes at. on that. Everything you just said. Uh, first of all, there was a lot of pushes this week in Vegas. It wasn't just us pushing. So there's a ton of three point spreads and literally four games finished 20 to 17. So a lot of pushes. Also, that brings our overall record by my quick math as a group to 2014 and two on the year, which will win you a few shekels. If you're, if you're following our, our advice. 100%. All right, let's get into it. Who's going for it? You right, going first? I'll go first this week. Cause I've been going last, like letting you guys picking different games than you guys. So I got a couple on my radar this week. I'm going to start with, uh, Colts at Raiders. 
the Raiders are six and a half point favorites. Um, they're, I believe, two and six now and have blown, just lost to Jacksonville, have blown three different 17 point leads this year, like where they were winning by 17 or more and lost the game outright. Uh, the Colts, I think you get the one week interim coach boost. Like, we're going to go fight for Jeff Saturday this week, even though, like, yesterday he was on ESPN talking about how us as players aren't making the big plays in the big moments, and it's not Frank Reich's fault. Now he's our head coach. Either way. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe he knew he was going to be the coach. Yeah. So, either way, I I like getting six and a half points against a Raiders team that's only won two games all year. Uh, So I'll take the Colts plus six and a half. My second pick is going to be in the Cowboys at Packers game. Uh, Cowboys are actually five point favorites in this game. The Packers literally just scored nine points against the Detroit Lions, who leading into that game, we were all pretty sure had the worst defense in football. And not just that we were pretty sure about it. The stats showed the Lions had by far the worst defense in football. Everyone's pretty sure about it. Yeah. And, and they somehow lost that game, and it wasn't in a shootout. It was in a low-scoring game, and the Packers could only muster up nine points. The Cowboys, on the other hand, have maybe the best defense in the entire league. Das Pres- Dak Prescott has his feet back wet after the injury, and they've played really well the last couple of weeks. So I'll take the Cowboys minus five in Green Bay. Those are my two picks. I'm sticking with it. I respect both of those points. Um, you better really hope there's that Jeff Saturday bounce because they looked the Colts looked really bad on Sunday against the Patriots. Jeff Saturday might suit up, play center for him. Could do, could do. All right, P, me or you? Uh, I'll go. I'll go. You cool with that? You guys, you guys good? Yeah, let's let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, cool. you still got your job. I'm glad. I'm really glad, actually. <laughs> Okay, so my first pick is the Commanders plus 11 at the Eagles on Monday night. All right. And I really like this pick because I think the Eagles are a little overrated. Uh, I think that that line is not where it should be. I think it's just because they're 8-0. It's also a primetime game and a division game. I think that the Commanders are going to possibly win this game. I don't want to say it, but... I might put two units oh, on this take, one. Oh, I might put two units on this game. I thought the MVP played for the Eagles. He does, but it doesn't mean he's going to win every game. You can't go undefeated in the NFL. Yeah, it's a good point. Are you are you calling a little Carson Wentz revenge game here? Taylor Heineke. No, well, yeah, no. Oh. Considering the fact he's not going to play, uh, good, sure. Sorry. Yeah, good point. Intern P is rubbing off on you, Scott. That's a couple of mistakes in this segment. <laughs> Yeah, we need to get him. Uh, I was gonna. I, I'm a little hopped up on some cold medicine tonight. Mix that with with Boulevard wheat. Yeah, you end up sounding like intern P. Show disclaimer. Hey, okay, though. We'll take intern P second pick in a second. Show disclaimer: We do not encourage drinking with medication. But I digress. <laughs> Go ahead, P. I'm I'm glad you clarified that. Save a lot of our listeners' lives today. And then my third pick is I love doing this because Scott hates them. He hates the Cardinals, and I really don't like them either. So I'm going to go with the Rams plus three at home. Uh, I think the Rams are going to win this pretty easily. I think as long as Cooper Cup's not hurt, can I put that as a disclaimer? If no, Cooper Cup is no, hurt, I want no. my bet voided. It's not Ooh, how Vegas boy. works, bro. I got the – I'm showing the the Cardinals are plus three, meaning the Rams are minus three. That's what I meant. I meant the Rams okay, minus gotcha. three. Gotcha. I want the Rams minus three. But if Cooper Cup is out, I can't believe I missed that game. I know that'd have been huge. Um, yeah, I'm a little worried about Cooper Cup though, and they haven't looked that good. But the Cardinals suck. So let's just let's just be clear in term P. There's no disclaimers on a bet's a bet. So you're in for Rams minus three. Yeah, that's true. The graphic will be made on Sunday. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, okay. Uh, we got a it's new host. My turn? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Let's hear it, Scott. Yeah. You got any other brain-busting ideas, intern P? Uh, yeah, I won't put it All right, so I'm a, I stared long and hard at the Seahawks-Tampa Bay game. I just I want to take the Seahawks. I just couldn't get there. Tom Brady's cussing in the press conference riding high after that win on Sunday. Um, I'm going to I'm on the Justin Fields bandwagon. Um, you've got the Lions plus two and a half going to Chicago Soldier Field to take on the Bears. The Bears are on a bit of a heater. I don't know how they somehow like all of a sudden Justin Fields is by far the best quarterback from the 2021 draft. Um, so I'm taking the bears to cover two and a half against the lions. Um, that just means they got to win by a field goal at home. Um, and I'm betting that Aaron Rodgers can only put up nine points against the lions, but I bet Justin Fields can put up 30 plus. Um, so I think there's a lot of points scored there, but I think the bears have a good enough defense to hold the lions down and win by a field goal at home. So I like that two and a half going with the bears. A little surprising that the Bears don't get at least the full three against the Lions there. The home field three. No, I know. Are they saying the Lions are better than the Bears? I don't know about that. Uh yeah. I I like the two and a half. I think they win by a field goal, so I'm taking it. Um the second one here, I uh I feel less good about it, but I'm sticking with my premise of teams that I think are good and teams that I think are bad. Um, I watched that Chiefs Titans game last night. Mike Vrabel, man, he's a good coach. He flustered Mahomes and the Chiefs offense all night. Um, I'm just waiting to see what he does to Russell Wilson. Um, I really, you know, Sasha, he would have made fun of me. I really wanted to go with the under again. Um, but we got the Broncos going to Tennessee. I think Tennessee's coming off a tough loss where they need a win. Um, and Tennessee is favored by three points. I'm taking the Titans to beat a bad Broncos team by three points. I'm betting that Tannehill comes back because Malik Willis is not good. Um, but I think Tannehill comes back. The Titans put up 20 points, and the um, the Broncos can't score against the Titans defense. Titans cover three. That's the kind of hard-hitting analysis you get here on Bro Storm Sports listeners. Derrick Henry is good at football. Thank you for that, intern P. That was a few few sentences ago, but I wasn't listening to anything I just said. All right, here's what we got on best bets. I got the Colts and Cowboys. Colts plus 6.5, Cowboys minus 5. Scott's got the Bears minus 2.5 and, and the Titans minus 3. And P's got the Rams minus 3 and the Commanders plus 11. I love that one, P. I love a double-digit dog when I can get them. Uh, good pick there for sure. That's going to do it for Bro Storm Sports tonight. Unless you got anything to add, Scott P. All right. Let's call that it a night. Good, good episode. We appreciate you all listening. Follow us on the socials, especially Instagram. We have a lot of good stuff going up on our page there. Give us five-star reviews. Subscribe. You've listened this far. It's worth it. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you next time.